Hello and welcome to the Don't Suffer Like Us podcast with Thea Pichelle and Kimberly Fujitaki, the podcast to end yoga teacher struggle. Today we'll be discussing, should you be taking more continuing education units? As we know, yoga is a vast pool of knowledge and the 200 hours just dipping your big toe into into it. Welcome, Kimberly. Hello. Welcome. Thank you guys. Thank you for joining us if you're on the call. And thank you for just being here to see what we have to say. Yeah, that the world is still kind of an uncertain place, but there's some certainty that uh, we'll continue to be showing up here and discussing some of the things that are going on in our lives as yoga teachers. Yeah, so today talking about continuing education, I think that, you know, for a lot of teachers right now, you know, there may be opportunities and also options for them to take continuing education in a variety of of different ways than they would normally consider continuing education. Um, I know for me personally, I am a much better learner um, in person than online, but at the same time, there are a lot of different options now that make distance learning a little bit different than it had been before. Um, So part of the question of, of what we need to ask ourselves is like, do I want to do continuing education right now? Mm-hmm. Or should I do continuing education right now? There's a few different, you know, factors that I think we should take into consideration when we're deciding if this is the right time to pursue more knowledge and information. And that's also, I think, if you come to the conclusion of, yes, this is a time for me to do continuing education, the next question is why? Yep. Why do you want to do continuing education? Do you want to, obviously the, the main thing that we we really want to do when we're continuing our education is to learn, you know, to learn something new, to be, you know, to bring a little bit more information or knowledge into our base. And that might not just be, you know, for yoga teachers, it might not just be asana practice. You might be wanting to learn how to, you know, create better videos or learn how to run your business online or learn how to write better copy. Like there are so many things that we can continue to learn about that don't necessarily have to be just specific to our asana teaching or yoga in those terms. Like you take a little bit broader. I know for me, I love to learn. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty much a sickness for me since, <laughs> since childhood. And right now there's so many different options out there regarding things to learn. And I have to practice self-control. I cannot yeah. sign up for every single thing. It's, it's not logical. It's not sustainable. And ultimately it'll just wind up resulting in a lot of self-judgment for not being able to complete these things. Right. So, you know, every time something pops up on my social media and it could be, you know, how random I am, Kimberly, it could be yoga, yeah. <laughs> it could be writing, it could be about underwater basket weaving, 
Right. Or are you going to do Wim Hof or, or something like that? Like the oh, ice I, bath I, thing? Yes, I did. I, I've been playing with the Hoff method. I did the first Hoff or the, the younger Hoff, the Run Hoff, uh, Pranayama. <laughs> and uh, this week I'm doing the Wim Hof uh, ice bath. See? Um, there's so many things that we could do. And, yeah. and that's a good thing about when we're trying to open ourselves up to how do I want to learn? What are the what's the information that's going to be helpful to me in the route that I want to go? Like all these processes are these are things that we have to weigh the options of is this a good time to do this right now? Like, are you able to, you know, and and with so many things being available as well, it can be really overwhelming to know, like, this is what I want to do right now, you know? Yeah. And also, if you choose to do something and it just doesn't resonate with you, you don't have to continue with it. You can choose to stop. Like, I'm exploring the different hoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and the first hoff, I mean, it was cool, but I was like, yeah, I don't, I just did the intro and I'm just doing the intro for this other hoff as well. <laughs> um, I'm like, I don't need beyond the intro. This is just satiating my curiosity. It's not something that, I want to delve deeper and go into a, a more extreme training. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's ways for us to like observe different techniques where we don't have to, you know, spend thousands of dollars to dive into it right away. There's options for us to, you know, look into things and see, you know, practices because, because most people are making them available online. That's much, much more easy to be able to, at least have like a small um, experience of something right now, if you're interested. Uh, I think that's really great. I think that's really helpful. You know, I am a, a recovering teacher training aholic, you know, continuing education addict. So okay. there was a period of time in my teaching where I needed to like put myself on teacher training ban. Like, hey, no more teacher training. Don't spend more money. You have a lot of knowledge. Like, just use the knowledge that you have for right now and, like, read books and have resources, but no more money on teacher training. Like, that was a really hard thing for me, but it was a reality. Like, I can train and train and train, but if I'm not using those things, is this really an opportunity for me to get better or am I just taking time to research, which is fine, but I needed to use those things in order for me to create more revenue so I could pay for those trainings, you know? And I think, you know, that's, that's a good point, you know, um, looking at when you're doing your when you're looking at trainings, are you doing the trainings because you're hungry for more knowledge? Or are you doing the trainings because you don't feel like you're adequately equipped to teach? Yeah. Um, because I know, I don't know about you, Kimberly, but I know some people who have a few 300 hours and 200 hours, and they're like, I still don't have enough. I don't know enough. Yeah. And it's a journey, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And it can be a really, really, like in teacher training, they can't teach you confidence. You no. have to find that yourself. You have to find your teaching voice. You have to go out and teach. Like you can take training after training after training, but it's not going to give you the confidence to stand up as yourself until you do it on a regular basis. Like that's your work. That's your self-study. It's going to be a time for you. So, you know, we can have a lot of training, but if we don't utilize what it is that we're learning, 
it can be really difficult to to think like oh how am I gonna you know I need more because I'm not enough it's like no that's that's not necessarily the case yeah and for me with learning I am just really curious about everything (laughs) I'm just like how does that work you know I might even something might not even resonate with me as something I want like you know the ice bath I really don't want to ice bathe often but I'm very curious (laughs) I'm very curious about the practice, you know, and I also with things like this, I find that if if I have a cursory understanding, then when a student talks to me and then I understand what they're talking about instead of like, yeah, I heard about it. Mm-hmm. It's OK just to hear about it, too. You don't have to give yourself an ice bath. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and it's 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 a balance of noting like, okay, is this an opportunity for me to push my career forward? Is this an opportunity for me to just learn something new that I'm interested in? Is this an opportunity for me to create more revenue by learning this so that my business can grow? You know, like there's different levels of opportunity in each type of training. And so those are some things that you want to keep in mind as you're picking one that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's also always a cost, Mm -hmm. you know, it's either time, money or energy. Yeah, they're all all of those things, especially during this time period, Mm -hmm. like in regular times, you know, it's hard to commit to going to training, you know, especially if you're taking a big training where you're like, okay, this is 300 hours of my life. This is 200 hours of my life, 500 hours of my life. How can I fit that into the way that I already live? You know, that's a lot of time, you know? So if we're taking smaller trainings, you know, maybe like a few hours here, a self-paced course, like those things might be better for you. And just understanding like, what kind of time commitment do I have or can I can I give to this program is going to be a really important because if you can't develop if you can't you know have the time that you need for the practice that you want to learn it's going to be really difficult for you to benefit from it and as Kimberly was saying at the beginning for her being doing things live works more effectively and I too prefer live in person learning. Um, but right now that's not really an option for, I mean, in some places of the world or even the United States, they are opening up, but for most of us, it's, it's not an option right now. And the question that comes with it is, do I have the bandwidth? Do I have the mental space? Do I have the energy yeah. to, do this because right now I'm doing my MBA. It's solely online. It's a lot of discipline because it is extremely boring to do business <laughs> courses online. But that's part of Thea's continuing education too. She's working on her MBA so she can be a better teacher too. So, you know, like the things that we are doing right now don't necessarily have to be specific to one certain thing, but we have to make sure that it's something that's realistic, realistic, mm-hmm. to, you know, because if it's not realistic and you can't do it, then w- your money is just going getting wasted. You know, I mean, I, I will tell you that I've purchased this before the pandemic, many online offerings that I didn't finish or I was bored by or I decided I was done with it. I didn't want to finish it because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And like, 
that's part of it. So really being able to notice like, okay, is the person that I want to give my energy to in this program somebody that's going to be interesting enough to hold my attention for however long period of time I'm going to be learning from them um, is important. Like that's a that's definitely a suffering point that I had is like purchasing things that I'm like, oh, why did I get this? <laughs> I have so many Udemy things. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, oh, it's $10. And yeah, that's why it's $10, you know, like, it's not that great. Um, but I think that's something that we have to keep in mind, you know, our time, the money and the energy that's going into this program. And, you know, luckily, right now, there's still kind of like, like we're live right now, but obviously we're not live live, but that component of being able to maybe be in a Zoom call with other people together, you know, that that helps too in, in cases of like connecting and learning um, instead of something that's just completely pre-recorded and you don't necessarily have that connection. Um, I think that contributes to the energy of your continuing education as well. And going back to the time, you know, um, you might be working from home. You not, might not be working. You might have children. You might not have children. You might have to share the space with other people. You might be living alone, you know, and depending on how much space you have in your home depends on how much time really you have to dedicate to things as well, you know, and is it is it just adding on to your obligations and responsibilities? Mm -hmm. on top of all the things that you have to do within your household or for work. Like, do you yeah. have the time? Is it realistic? I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of people are taking 200 and 300 hour trainings right now. That's a huge time commitment. Yep. And, you know, and when you're doing one of those more extensive trainings, that comes with a hefty price tag too. You know, so if you're thinking about doing something like that, what I would suggest to you is first try a smaller training there's lots of trainings. There's even trainings that are free right now if you have monetary constraints and just see how it is for you to train uh, online Yeah, before making that huge commitment. Yeah, I 100% uh, agree because it, it might be not your learning style. And, you know, I've seen so many people on like yoga teacher groups and and things online where people are like, I've signed up for this, but it wasn't it wasn't what they said it was going to be. I'm not getting any feedback from any of the instructors. They were having a really difficult time with the technology, like all those things. And so if a program just started to go online, you may want to give it a little bit of time for them to work out some of the bugs and some of the things that are, you know, gonna pop up when you're doing something for the first time in a new way. Uh, I think that that can be and should be something to keep your keep your eye on um, as you're deciding which which programs or continuing educations you would are interested in. Mm -hmm. And like another thing for me, I did a beta testing for Mommy and Me and prenatal yoga. And I've taught prenatal yoga for about five years, you know, um, here and there. So I have an ample amount of prenatal experience. And at the end of each course, they want you to shoot these videos and submit them. Now I was doing the beta, so I was just testing to make sure that their content works, you know, so being helpful in that aspect. 
Ultimately, do I really care about the certification? I have the life experience. It really doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I don't have the energy to shoot a video and do it the way that they want because their style of teaching, even though the content is good, the style of teaching that they approve isn't the style of teaching that resonates with me, nor is it the way I teach. And so that's that's something to also keep in keep in mind is that there are going to be components of the training and information that, you know, I, like Thea and I, we are big time researchers. You know, when we are researching the podcast, we are looking at this newsletter, we are looking at this blog, we are looking at this, you know, because we wanted all the information we could to do the best we could with this with this platform. And that's the same thing with continuing education. Like as I create continuing education online or other people do, like, I have courses that I took because I wanted to see how that teacher was doing it, <laughs> also, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, yeah. it's research. And then we research the things that we want out of the training. And we also realize that there are a lot of things in trainings that we don't want to do ourselves. And that's mm -hmm. part of learning from other people is you're going to take the things that are beneficial for you, that you're going to benefit from, and you're going to leave the things that that don't work for you. So, you know, really understanding what's the benefit of this continuing education for me? Is it my personal growth, my professional growth, or a goal that I want to achieve? Um, that's going to be important as you start to understand, like, why do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. And for example, you know, both Kimberly and I have done Anyasara type trainings. We didn't do an Anyasara 200 or 300 course, but I think I can speak for both of us. The, a lot of the language in Anyasara isn't language that we use. Yeah. And um, so I think in both of our courses, we had to provide videos of us teaching. And, you know, then there's feedback regarding like that. Well, that's not the language we use. Well, that's okay, you know, and so when you do get that kind of feedback, if you do, just know that that's just you're just doing it to get the certification. You don't have to replicate their specific style when you share it with the world, or you could choose not to share it with the world too. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a, a great amount of information, especially as a teacher training addict, um, that I've gotten that I'm like, oh no, I'm not gonna share that information like it just doesn't resonate with me it's not it's not uh it's not something that I need to share with other people because I don't feel strongly about it and when I'm teaching I want to share things that I feel confident in teaching that I feel strongly about and that I know have benefited me or my students in a way that's really helpful you know and and certain language and certain things that some people have taught me don't fall into that category. You know, they don't help me to convey the message that I want to convey. And so I have to sort through those things so that I can create the information that is going to be helpful or that I think at least is going to be helpful for my students and my teacher trainees. Yeah. And one another thing is we don't know what we don't know until we know we don't know, we don't it. know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so if you think back to your 200 hour um, for most people, like there's the Dunning-Kruger effect where they feel like they've done this 200 hours and now they know so much about yoga. And as time goes by, you realize how little you really know and that there's this like vast pool uh, of knowledge. And what you'll find is as you wade deeper and deeper into that pool or that lake of knowledge, 
there's more conflicting information. There's yep. rip tides, there's rip currents, there's like an alligator flying, you know, flying. Mm-hmm. Alligators don't fly, swimming by. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what happens in your metaphors, right? <laughs> But Alligators do fly in kids yoga, so it's okay, Thea. <laughs> Thank you, Kimberly. You know, so- normalize everything. <laughs> Using my words against me. Uh, yeah, so, you know, if you find conflicting information and it creates stress, just know that there's a lot more conflicting information out there. And there'll and, be more. And, and, there, and, yeah. and you just have to wade through it and find like what resonates with me, what speaks to my community, what is of use, what can I leave behind? And that's a constant continued education. Like we as teachers need to be obviously like challenging information on a regular basis. You know, like why do I believe this? What, where does it come from? Why, you know, like a lot of the things that I thought were like, truth are not, you know, now that we have more information. And as time goes on, um, you're going to notice that too, like the way that you were teaching before will evolve and change. You know, I had a picture come up of eight years since almost the, the ending of the first module of my teacher training was just recently. And, you know, in eight years, a lot of things are different, you know, and I'm grateful for that. But I also know that it's an area of struggle too, because it's like, how do I know that what I'm doing is okay, you know? But at the same time, trusting your students to know their bodies and trusting yourself to know yours from your practice, that, and then getting other information from your continuing education helps you to grow personally as as you do your own practice, but then as, per, as professionally, as you start to share more of this information with other people. And, you know, one of the things yesterday, actually, I, I did it old school. I put a DVD in of one of my teachers. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, this is another thing you can do. You don't have to get a DVD, but, you know, find old videos of your teachers and see, are they teaching the same or have they changed? Yeah. You know, and so this was like a video from 15 years ago, probably. I got it like eight years ago. No, six years ago from when I did my 300, like I was just, she gave us old videos. I don't know why, but it was part of it. And like a lot of her training has changed and shifted since then. So yesterday when Kyle and I, my compliment, my husband and I were practicing, I was like, oh, she doesn't teach this anymore. She doesn't teach this anymore. (laughs) She doesn't teach this anymore. So, you know, we evolve. You know, we either evolve or we stagnate. And if we're stagnant, we need to look at like, why am I stuck where I am? Is it beneficial? Is there new insight that I can develop? Do I need more training? Do I need to maybe even break free from the yoga trainings and go into something different that supports my training? Like writing, like videos, like mm, reading a book that's just for fun. You know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be continuous work. And if you're in a stagnant area, it might be time to just take a break and do something that's fun. Learn how to crochet sushi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And and the continuing education doesn't necessarily have to be specific to like Theo was saying, specific to yoga or yoga asana 
yoga philosophy. You know, there's a lot of different things you can learn within the umbrella of of yoga and yoga business owning too. I think that it's important for yoga teachers to work on their ability to do business. And that could be something that, you know, we can sharpen up on as this time goes by. And so another benefit of doing continuing education is giving yourself some structure, especially if your life seems like there's, there's no structure at all. Like, getting to school or doing something where you have to study for a certain period of time, that may be something that's helpful for you right now. Mm-hmm. And I find that that's helpful for me right now. I'm doing a lot of uh, writing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, for example, on Tuesdays, I have a generative workshop where we generate uh, things based on props. That day gives me an anchor. My yeah. schoolwork's due on Wednesdays. That gives me an anchor. Kimberly and I meet to do this on Mondays at noon. That gives me an anchor. Because right now I don't have a whole lot going on work-wise. Because most of my clients prefer in person. And I don't blame them, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things. Like, it, right now there's so much uncertainty. It might be nice to sign up for a workshop or a training um, and know that at the end you're going to get a certification or you're going to get a completion or something like that. So there's like something that has an added value to you. It's not just like I'm floating in space and I don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. You're achieving something too. Like that's part of our self-confidence building as well is that we're, you know, we're doing things that have, that put us in a place where we can, be successful. And so if we need to use continuing education in that way, can be really helpful in continuing to, you know, have work or doing our self work that helps us to be more present instead of like, what is going to happen, which is what everybody is wondering. <laughs> yeah. And like 11 years ago, I launched my hypnotherapy and yoga practice, you know, and teaching meditation. And I've had business coaches and I've done business trainings. But what I found is it wasn't really giving me the structure I needed, the deeper understanding, because every coach pretty much says the same thing. And yes, it does work kind of. But if you do not have a strong business foundation, then ultimately the advice that they give you is not going to really be sustainable. So that's why I decided to go for my MBA. After I complete my MBA, I'm going to be doing some small business um, administration courses just to supplement where um, my program lacked in entrepreneurship. But that's because I have bigger goals, right? So if if you're just teaching one class a week and that's just, you know, it's it feeds your soul, then you don't need to worry about the business aspect. But if this is something that you plan on doing as a profession for a long period of time, then you might want to look at some places that you can study business. So because there's a lot of really talented yoga teachers out in the world. There's a lot of really great uh, people who are offering alternative health and wellness or even therapy. And a lot of them are horrible business people, (laughs) you know, and it requires an energetic exchange. So if you're not getting the energetic exchange that allows you to live your life 
in the capacity of paying your bills, not being as stressed, right? Because you don't know, because there's an uncertainty that comes with it. Um, so it's just something to think about. Like, is there something else that can help me professionally and personally? And another thing that you might think of outside the continuing education units is a mentor, right? Because that too would help sustain you and help you further your practice. Definitely. And, you know, it's just, it's important to start to look at what skills you may be lacking and, and then see what kind of resources you personally need in order to kind of fill those gaps in. And that also might be mean that you, you know, delegate some of those types of things to other people. If you have the resources, the funds, or you can do something like a work trade, you know, and I work together on this podcast because it makes sense for us. We have different skills, and so we can both use our personal skills to help us both be more successful. And I think that that helps when you're looking at continuing education is to really be mindful of, of why do I want to take this training? Do I already have this information? Am I just curious, or is this something that I really could use to help me to move to? A different place in my business or in my own personal life and you know I think you know another benefit is just knowing things <laughs> you know it's just helpful to to know things Kimberly has a background of being a chef I have a background of working in production even though you know film production or being a chef may not seem like it would have crossover skills it really does so even if you decide to learn something different or have a different background, know that what you know actually is applicable to what you do. Everything is applicable. Everything is applicable. <laughs> so Kimberly, what are a few of your favorite resources? Like whether it's just a magazine, a blog, videos, trainings, what do you think that you're gravitating towards these days, just out of curiosity? Um, you know, I, I constantly try to interact with my kids yoga community online. There's a lot of great information um, for children's yoga and children's yoga Facebook groups. Um, currently, you know, looking at different types of meditations and online classes or um I'm, I'm very, very uh, supportive of Cosmic Kids Yoga also, who has like a million things online for kids to be able to practice yoga and mindfulness, which is great. Um, and so just, I'm also just very curious about random things that I see. And, and now that I've been doing trainings for so long, you know, I know how to vet them a little bit more than I would before, because it's very easy to just like see something and be like, oh, that looks really interesting. Maybe I should do that. But now I go through a process of like, okay, there's this program. And then I look up other ones just to kind of like cross reference and see before I actually make the decision. Um, and that's been helpful for me. What about you, Thea? Well, I've done a couple videos on Le Leslie Kamenoff's site. He's offering, well, he was, I'm not sure if he is, but if he is offering it, I'll put the link on our Facebook, um, different anatomy-based workshops. Um, as I started at the beginning, uh, stated at the beginning, or Kimberly teased me about the, at the beginning, exploring the Hoff method. <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh. It just does. 
and um, you know, just reading random articles. There's just so much information that it can be overwhelming to also source which information is is most useful. So I think like finding your teachers and getting resources from your teachers also that are interesting, that is helpful too. Um, and just continuing to be curious and do your best. Yeah. That's all you can do, right? That is. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining us and talking about continuing education. Uh, if you have any continuing education that you are interested in taking, that you'd like us to look at, or that you're offering, or that can be helpful in the communities that we're serving, uh, you know, reach out to us at social media. And we have Instagram and Facebook that we're pretty um, constant about using. And we'll post some of those links about some of the continuing education that we've done and that we're looking at. And next week, we'll be talking about yoga myths. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> yes, I definitely wanted to talk about yoga myths with Thea because she has a vast knowledge of so many different things that are typical language that we hear around yoga, but that are myths. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that next week, and we hope you join us then. And we'll be live again at the same time next week at noon Pacific Daylight Time. So thank you, Kimberly, and thank you thank for you. everyone for listening. Thank you, Thea. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Don't Suffer Like Us, a podcast to end yoga teacher suffering. Check us out online at Don't Suffer Like Us on Facebook and Instagram. Next week, we'll be discussing yoga myths. Tune in, call up, or engage us in chat. We look forward to seeing you soon. Bye.